everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Friday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Should be a fun show today. It's National Margarita Day. That's right. You know where Cheryl went before we recorded. To have margaritas. Yes, not with me, but with no. my coworkers. No, it was a lot of fun. So she's a little loopy. I am not loopy. More loopy than normal. I, I was going to say more loopier. <laughs> That's that not a be, word. No, no. That would be grammatically incorrect. All right, let's move on. Yes, what's going on in the Disney Parks blog? Well, you know, another day, another Disney Eats story. Yes. Yeah. This is what they say. <laughs> is it? It is. This one is about the Easter displays and the grand, the return of the Grand Cottage. To the Grand Floridian. That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Easter is coming up in April. Uh, And they did want to announce that the Grand Cottage is coming to the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa on March 3rd. Now, it's not as elaborate as the Gingerbread House, Mm -hmm. um, but they've been setting this up the past years, and it's an area for them to sell some uh, eggs and cookies and uh, and whatnot. Uh, They are creating Easter egg displays for the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. That is, the uh, uh, pastry team has been working on those. So they are usually pretty cool. And, of course, they will have some special uh, snacks. Uh, My favorite looks like it is the Bunny Pop Flower Pot, which is a chocolate flower pot filled with jelly beans and three chocolate bunny pops. (laughs) That is not my favorite one. No, you found something else now? It's actually the Bunny Burrow Dirt Cup. Oh, what's that? Which is layers of chocolate cake, chocolate buttercream, cookies and cream pieces, and springtime decor. I have a feeling we will be uh, stopping over at the Grand Floridian just so that you can get this dirt cup. Yes, yes, we will. I like to look at all the decorated eggs. I think they're really cool. So that will actually be up by the time we are there. We arrive on the 8th, so we will will check it out. And over at the Contemporary Resort, they will also have their own egg display. Uh, Those are teams of work that do chocolate, uh, teams working to do chocolate eggs. Uh, So that is cool. The Yacht Club and Beach Club. We'll have egg displays as well. Uh, the uh, Disney Yacht Club will have a uh, brand new Moana-inspired display. Oh. And at the Beach Club, their display is inspired by the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. Very nice. I love that. Uh, so a great time to go during Easter. And uh, you can check out some of those displays. You know, not as elaborate as Christmas. Um, and funny that they call this the Disney Eats Guide when there's only about like six snacks in there yeah. for, for it's Easter. It's not really about the eating. It's about the looking. But it's okay. Right. So that's our only story in the Disney Parks blog today. What's going on over in uh, Anaheim? Well, this is probably one of my favorite stories we've seen in a long time. Um, A guest fell into the Snow White wishing well at Disneyland. That's right. She was posing for a photo uh, when she apparently fell backwards into the uh, wishing well because she got too (laughs) close to the ledge. Um, she did not get... Oh, uh, there's like legs up in the air. Yeah. It's not yeah, pretty. Her, uh, oh, no, so, she fell all the way yeah, in. Oh, my God. Goodness. into the well. It is relatively shallow, though. You can see her feet sticking out of the top Oh, my of the gosh. Well. That is uh, too they funny. They did manage to get her out relatively quickly, and she did not drown. Thank goodness. You should look this up. It's fantastic. Yes. I don't really usually like things like this, these little like social media look what happened things, mm-hmm. but it's pretty funny. I'm hoping that there is some associated video. There probably is. I mean, who snaps all these pictures and didn't manage to to get the, this is funny, didn't manage to get a video, right? Yes. I think you're also giggly because of the margaritas. It might be, but this is pretty funny. Well, there's a new hideous pair of mouse ears that are available for the Anaheim Duck Days 2024 at California Adventure. That's right. They released food and merchandise. Now, they released it on the 21st. Yes. And Duck Days takes place on the 22nd and 23rd, which was yesterday 
and today if you're listening to the show on Friday. Okay. So they gave no advance notice. All right. No respect for the Anaheim Ducks. That's terrible. Um, but they did have all sorts of special merchandise. I'm sure you'll be able to find it around uh, Anaheim for the next couple of days and this weekend. Uh, they do have some spirit jerseys, some T-shirts, headwear, ears, uh, some pins. And, of course, they have special food and beverage. Now, had. They had special they had, food and well, beverage. Well, it's today. If you're listening to it today in California. Okay. If you, you listen to it first thing in the morning. That's right. You run can still run the over there. and get it. Uh, they do have some special food. It did not warrant a Disney Eats entry. Okay. Uh, but they do have special food for this as well. Um they still like to celebrate the Anaheim Ducks, although they no longer own the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they were the original parent company of the Ducks uh, back in the 90s. So uh hope uh, you got to enjoy Disney Duck Days, all 48 hours of it. Yeah, I'm really not getting this. Disney Genie Plus service is sold out for the Magic Kingdom. Did you say we were going over to Disney World? Oh, that's the end of the uh, news from Anaheim, so let's head on over to Orlando. Disney Genie Plus service is sold out for the Magic Kingdom for the second day in a row, uh, making the multiple parks option unavailable for the third day in a row. That's right. Uh, very odd. So we saw Genie Plus selling out during Christmas, mm -hmm. um, but now it's selling out President's Week. So It was I've, so busy when we were down there. What I've heard is that the crowds are very heavy this week. Yeah, and, I can see uh, that. President's Week, I mean, sense. it just is. You know, I... I forget because our my kids aren't in um, primary school anymore. Right. But yeah, we usually in Connecticut we get off Monday and Tuesday for presidents uh, for Presidents Day. Right. And down south, a lot of schools have this winter break week off. Yeah. Right? So it was. I think it was really crowded. So a very busy time to head over to the parks. Soarin' over California has been back um, in Epcot for a little while, but they are going to be bringing back uh, Soarin' over California. Uh, I'm sorry. What is it? Soarin' over the world. Soarin' around soarin'? the world. Okay. That's right. Soarin' Over California was being shown in Epcot as part of the Disney 100 celebration. Uh, the last day for Soarin' Over California will be February 27th. Soarin' Around the World will turn on February 28th. Very good. I'm, I'm happy to see it back. I yes. thought I loved the original, and then I saw the original again. And you don't. And now I decided I like the Around the World one better right now. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny that little pieces of this Disney 100 celebration are still lingering. Right. Uh, even Mickey and Minnie and Epcot are still doing their meet and greet in their Disney 100 outfits. Right. So uh, at some point, uh, the full Disney 100 celebration will come to an end. Right. All right. Also over in Epcot, two full interactive areas have been closed for refurbishment at Journey of Water inspired by Moana, which is interesting because this thing barely opened. They're already closing uh, segments for refurbishment. Right. And that is the water curtain section. So Aww. you can walk through there. There's a curtain of water. And then when you walk through, the the water stops raining uh, down on you and you walk through dry. Yeah. Or, or mostly dry. That was so cool. It was very cool. Uh, but apparently they're having some issues with it. So they are down oh, for refurbishment. No. Uh, they have some big block construction, big black construction boxes uh, in there right now. So it does look like there is an issue going on. Oh, so is that the only thing? It's not. The other element that is not working is the giant interactive wave uh, where you can control the wave height. Uh, that is not working as well. Apparently, the water is not playing, uh, feeling playful. So it, in that section of the attraction, you can jump uh, to send the water back into the sky. So the higher you jump, the higher the water goes. Mm, I'm not loving this. Yeah. So it's been open, what, all of four months? It's got to be longer than that. No. Really? That's it? Yeah. Well, anyway, it was very cool when we saw it last month. Right. 
A new CommuniCore Hall mural is being installed at Epcot. That's right. This new mural features Mickey and friends. There are references to Epcot's past and present. Uh, and the characters are wearing some retro space suits. How cute. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, the mural was revered, revered, revealed back in August 23 during a cast member event. Um, parts of the mural include Dreamfinder's Dreammobile, a dinosaur from the Universe of Energy, and the robot butler and facade from Horizons, which oh, is wow. a defunct pavilion. So uh, work on CommuniCore Hall continues. Uh, and I believe our next story is that more paneling has been installed on CommuniCore Hall. So at some point, they're going to run out of paneling to install. Uh, they are using a cherry picker, though, to install some of these panels up on the higher sections of the wall. Mm, all right. Refurbishment on the exterior of uh, Mission Space is still going on. They have taken down the scrim from around the planet Mars, though. That's right. And the new paint job looks amazing. Ooh. Uh, it's a very vibrant Mars. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, they continue to plus up the outside of this attraction. Um, Cheryl will finally get to ride it when we go in March. Uh, as long as she takes her Dramamine. Right. We should make this the trip where you do all of the spinny and droppy rides that you don't I'll like just to do. load up on the Dramamine yes. beforehand. Yes, all what right. else is going on? Speaking of spinny, droppy rides, sort of, uh, Kelly River Rapids has uh, reopened. It was uh, one day earlier than expected. This is at Animal Kingdom. You say Kelly River Rapids sort of spinny, droppy. It's totally spinny and droppy because yeah. the raft spins and it drops. That's it part of the rapids. Uh, you may remember that it closed back in January, uh, on the 8th to be exact, for refurbishment. It was scheduled to be opened on March 16th. However, the reopening date has been moved to March 15th. All right. I think the same exact thing happened last year. Mm -hmm. They were a little bit ahead of schedule, so that's right. always nice. Disney Cruise Line has updated the dress code for uh, their adult uh, dining experience, Palo. As well as Palo Steakhouse, which is on the Disney Wish. Well, according to their new guidelines... Uh, for brunch at Paolo and Paolo Steakhouse, uh, you can now wear dress shorts if okay. you're a male. All right. So those are good. Um, formal or, or semi-formal clothing is still recommended, although dress casual attire is permitted, which means dress pants, jeans in good condition, collared shirts, dressy tops, lifestyle shoes, and now dress shorts. All right. I mean, I think it's so funny that it says formal or semi-formal is still recommended. Formal? Is a tux. Right. Can you imagine showing up to Palo for brunch, which we've done plenty of times, and it is not a super formal event, yes. in a tux, while the guy next to you has on boat dress shoes, shorts. boat shoes, dress shorts, and a polo. Um, lifestyle shoes. Are those Crocs? No, I'm no? sure they're not. Okay. Um, I would I would go in a tux. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, why not? I miss tuxes on cruises. I know, and it's one, but it's one thing to go, like, you know, if you were going to dinner at Palo. I think it's maybe, funny that they continue to lessen the restrictions on the dress code because at one point you didn't walk out of, well, you didn't walk in there without a tie on and a I think a blazer, and a blazer they for, would give they would have right, blazers in case right. you didn't have one. And then it became a, a, a casual, uh, dress casual. Sort of. You could wear jeans if they were in good condition, but well, no Well, then shorts. it became like khakis and a polo at mm -hmm. lunch. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden jeans are allowed. It's just the trend in cruising. Right. That's, you know, people, and I kind of get it. You know, you're on vacation. You, who, who wants to get dressed up? And people don't get dressed up very right. often in their real lives. So, you know, as time has gone on, I used to get fairly dressed up for work. But uh, more and more, I have some dress shirts that have just been in my closet for a couple of years and I haven't put them on. It's time to let them go. So am I going to buy new dress clothing just to cruise? No. 
Probably, Probably not. not. Right. So I'd rather wear, you know, the sundress that I have. And in entertainment news, Star Wars The Acolyte, it has been uh, publicized in Collider uh, that the release date for Disney Plus is going to be June 5th of this year. Uh, Disney would not confirm or deny that date. Uh, the Acolyte is set about 100 years before The Phantom Menace, and it uh, follows the story of a former Padawan who re- reunites with her old Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes. Uh, the show was created by the co-creator of the miniseries Russian Doll. Which was very good. Was it? Mm-hmm. Is that Natasha Lyonne mm-hmm. that was in that? Yeah, it was good. All right. So uh, finally, that is coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, they also released a trailer for X-Men 97, which is a new animated series. Uh, that picks up from the X-Men animated series that ran from 1992 to 1997 on Fox. Uh, so that's uh, that's been pretty cool news. Um, you may remember at one point Disney Plus was going to be doing the Spiderwick Chronicles. Uh, the entire series was filmed, and then Disney decided not to move forward with it. Well, it was it has been announced that uh, Roku has debuted a trailer for uh, the upcoming series, The Spiderwick Chronicles, uh, starring Christian Slater, which will be available to stream beginning on April 19th. I didn't know Roku was actually like There's, a channel. I, guess, I thought it was just like a device. I guess they stream their own content. Everybody's streaming these days. And in movie news, um, Marvel has now minimized Kang's role. Uh, we know that uh, there have been some issues with the character of Kang. Um, and uh, Avengers 5 is no longer known as the Kang Dynasty. Uh, They are going to be retooling it and perhaps creating a new villain uh, for everyone to fight and perhaps putting more of an emphasis on the Fantastic Four. All right. And that all results from the legal issues that Jonathan Majors is having. Um, Disney has effectively fired him, but then there was some rumor that Domingo Coleman was going to be taking over the role of Kang, but that uh, does not seem to be the case anymore. And you know, uh, as a big Oscar fan that you are, you like to watch all the Oscar-nominated movies, although I feel you're slacking on the movies no, this No, no. I'm going to get through them. Don't worry about it. All right. We did watch Oppenheimer the other night. That was uh, very good. Yes. I think I'm going to do the holdovers on Friday night. Okay. So if anybody's free, you're more than welcome to come over. Yeah, come on over. Um, but uh, ABC will be uh, broadcasting the Oscars this year, uh, and they are looking for $1.7 to $2.2 million for ads. Pricey. So for your 30-second segment, uh, it's not Super Bowl money, uh, but it's very close. And the tough thing is that um, there is a very soft market for award shows now. It's not like in the old days, everybody wanted to get their ads on, right. on a big-time event, whether it's the Super Bowl or the Grammys or the Oscars. But because you know everyone's moving away from real television mm-hmm. uh, and going to streamers and the internet, that these you know, network television shows, even if they're award shows, no longer hold the cachet that they once did. I don't know. The Super Bowl had so many people watching it. It might have been like some of the top numbers. It was the most watched Super Bowl in history. I mean, so, you know, those ads were worth every penny. Right. You know, if you have that kind of money. But the Oscars, not so much. Who knows? All right. That's all the Disney news. So what do our friends at Universal have going on? Well, you know, Epic Universe, it's the uh, it's the thing to talk about. It's really amazing if you can see some of the satellite views, mm-hmm. just how much has been done there in such a short time. It's, right. it's pretty amazing. Uh, and one of the big things that's happening right now is, you know, they're working on some sheep in the landscape. <laughs> yes, they're working on uh, the Dark Universe coaster ride. That is the Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, some of the track is up, and as Cheryl mentioned, there are some sheep on there. They've also laid the carousel deck for the Constellation Carousel, 
And uh, that's about it. Progress, uh, you know, construction progress is continuing. They are targeting a summer 2025 opening. Exciting. Universal Studios Hollywood is teaming up with Spirit Airlines for the first ever Super Nintendo World-themed airplane. That's right. It is celebrating the first year of Super Nintendo World in Hollywood. Um, And they have created an Airbus 320 uh, that was... uh, revealed on X, formerly Twitter, from the Universal Studios Hollywood account. Uh, And the plane does feature Mario. Um, It has uh, some uh, Mario Brothers elements in the middle of the plane, uh, and they do have a graphic for Super Nintendo World, so uh, pretty cool. We've seen Disney do this with Alaska Air, with Southwest. I love that that they put these graphics on planes, not even necessarily um, the advertisement ones, but Mm -hmm. we were on Frontier and apparently Frontier does animals on their tails. Right, but so. those are permanent. Yeah, well, Each whatever. Each airplane is a different animal. Which is cool. Yeah. I like that there's stuff on them other than just being plain planes. All right. Plain planes? Plain planes. All right. Uh, and speaking of airplanes, uh, as we get away from Universal and into general travel news, uh, Southwest Airlines is going to be moving their international hub from Tampa to Orlando. Uh, that is beginning in June. Um, I think one out of every three flights of Southwest is now originating like in Orlando. Uh, They've been there 27 years and they are continuing to bring in uh, an amazing number of people through Orlando. In 2022, um, Orlando International Airport has $700 million uh, in annual costs. Uh, Southwest contributed $45 million dollars. The next one was uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which brought in $41 million. Avis, $38 million, $29 million from Spirit, $29 million from Delta, and $24 million from JetBlue. Southwest was responsible for $11.2 million of the airport's $57.7 million travelers. Okay. Now, there was some concern because JetBlue and Spirit were going to merge. Last year, Spirit had $9.8 million, and JetBlue had 5.5 million passengers come through Orlando. Combine them, that's $14 million. That knocks Southwest off of the number one spot for Orlando, uh, but that merger will not be going through. Um, Southwest is going to be doing, uh, by March, Southwest will have 145 weekday departures, which is up almost 30 flights from one year ago. And on Saturday, they will have, on Saturdays, they will have 180 departures, which is only up 11 from where they were a year ago. So they will continue to set uh, the bar for high activity at Orlando International Airport. Yeah, I'm seeing the results of this uh, flying out of our airport in Hartford. We used to do flights out of there direct all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then around COVID, well, at COVID and then after, you couldn't get a direct flight for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they've been back. It started with one a day two a day. I think we're up to around three a day, and I expect that they'll probably be uh, bumping that up even more, which is really nice. Nice. All right. And over at SeaWorld, they had a hard hat tour of Penguin Penguin Trek, which is their new indoor-outdoor roller coaster expected to open this spring. Uh, The ride will operate in the building for the former Empire of the Penguin attraction, Um, and uh, they brought some uh, press through there today. Uh, in their hard hats. Uh, it's going to launch at 31 miles an hour. There's going to be twists and turns, and they're going to get up to a second launch that brings you to 43 miles an hour. So it's not a super fast uh, roller coaster, um, but it will be indoor and outdoors. So uh, exciting times coming to SeaWorld, who's putting more of a focus on roller coasters uh, and less on their uh, marine life well, attractions. Roller, roller coasters bring people in uh, always, and there's not a lot of reason for them to be protested. Right. Whereas uh, the animals, you know, as they slowly are not allowed to 
uh, I don't want to say use them, but, you know, have them be participants in the uh, experience of the park. Right. You know, what are you supposed to do? So better replace them with roller coasters. All right. And our final story tonight, Great Wolf Lodge is making their entrance into Florida. Uh, It was originally expected. uh, Well, they did have a location in Orlando. They had some land. We mentioned, I think, two or three weeks ago that they sold the land uh, to another resort property. Uh, They will be making their entry into Florida in Naples, uh, which is an area you would not expect. That's, what, about four hours southwest of Orlando uh, on the west coast of Florida. Uh, They're going to open on September 25th. The resort itself is going to feature 500 suites. They're going to have a 92,000-square-foot enclosed water park with 12 slides and three pools and a 60,000-square-foot family entertainment center that is all under one roof. So uh, they do keep their indoor water park uh, at 84 degrees year-round. All right. So if you stay there, you get unlimited use of the water park. Uh, Great Wolf Lodges, they're fun. I mean, we haven't yes. done, we haven't actually done Great Wolf Lodge, but it's interesting because uh, Great Wolf Lodge did start in um, the Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> exactly, which we did go to, and we didn't stay at a um, Great Wolf Lodge, right. but we stayed at one of their competitors. Yes. And it is really fun. That whole area is just absolutely amazing. Like, you wouldn't expect it in Wisconsin, but well, it's, it's right. fun. Many people don't know. So, Wisconsin being a, a state that has a winter and a very snowy winter. Uh, the Wisconsin Dells is the water park capital of the United States. Um, they have so many water parks there. Yeah, it's there. all and, indoor water parks. And, it's great. And some, most of them do have outdoor components as well because in the summertime it does get pretty hot there. So uh, congratulations and welcome to Florida, Great Wolf Lodge. All right, that's all the news for today. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, so everybody have a great weekend. And until we're back, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Bye-bye.